record and we're going live place this down here and here we go good afternoon everyone give you guys a moment to jump in and for those of you on youtube thank you so much for joining me in this archiving moment it's always good to see you guys here on every tech tuesday and this is the 141st BCMO Tech Tuesday, 141 back-to-back, -back, uninterrupted, all the time. <laughs> Hello, Discasting. Altez, good afternoon. Jasper Rutter, good seeing you as well. Hello, Breezy Boy 69 greetings indeed. 21 AMR, good seeing you, and hello. Israel in the house, greetings. Thank you so much, guys, for joining Gear 2 Drive, hello. Large fist to see you soon. Okay, no problem, sir. That NSX, though, yeah, that's pretty crazy, right? That's a NC1 NSX hybrid, which is pretty amazing. 500 plus horsepower. Hello, Marty neighbor. And for those of you who don't know Marty Stocks, he's a proprietor of TurboSmart here in Ontario, California. Same complex. He's literally right across the street here, right in my complex. Hello, Daniel Maslick. Good seeing you. I should build your S2000 AP1 motor, says Blessed E9X. I would love to, if you're willing to wait a little bit. See that right there? I'm pointing to right there. That's a motor, that M97 engine, that I'm building that's fully built. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, you know? Is that J-Series um, in, in the bad for the in the bad for artists? I don't, Liam Porter, I'm not quite understanding your question. In the back for the artists. Odyssey. No, this, oh, this right here. No, it's not a J-Series. That's a Porsche Flat 6. It's an M97 engine, which you would see in the newer 911s, uh, for the Nakeda for the 97 911s. You'd see it in some of the Cayman S's. And that's fully built. So what I have on that is a fully sleeved block by Gonigo. I have Tron pistons, BC motor rods, BC motor valve train. So factory camshaft still in, the, in that lug right there. Um, I have a deep sump kit, so it holds a lot more oil than factory to allow and to put at, any, at bay any mishaps with, you know, cutting carving or doing crazy stuff on the track, you know. 3 a.m. in Malaysia, courtesy of Vikas HSTX. Good seeing you. Hello, Sweezy. Get some sleep after this. I promise it won't be a long one, but a good one indeed. So today, I want to talk about upcycling, whether it's putting an EV in a classic car or a built motor in an older N911. And, you know, the purists are not very fond of me because I do really weird things i am a fan of beautiful old classic cars because we didn't have the pedestrian safety standards we have today we didn't have all the crazy airbag systems we didn't have the the the, the detachment of the road to the driver that we may have with electrical systems nowadays but and we have an envelope that's very beautiful so i, I just appreciate older porsches and jaguars and even hondas and and and, and bentleys i just and, and, and rolls royce i love the older cars but I'm absolutely not a fan of old technology. It's not my cup of tea at all, you know? Um, so that being said, I love to upcycle. I love to do retro mods where you kind of take older vehicles and infuse more technology in it. So it gives me the best of both worlds. The beauty of older car, the connection with the road that you have that's more analog, but also the efficiency of a newer stuff. So you'll see me build old, cool old school 911s with a petrol engine that's most likely water-cooled, with a four valves per cylinder, sleeve, lots of power. Hello, Ricky. Hello, Albu Fahad 8. Good afternoon. Hello, it's Fozo. So you'll see me combine those two because I want the best of both worlds. I want the power and efficiency, gas mileage and, and you know, safety to the environment while embracing the older classic beauty. And above and beyond that, 
as you take a look at sustainability and the carbon footprint, it's much nicer, it's much better for the environment to rebuild older cars, to upcycle older cars than to buy a new one or to build a new one. So it's really nice, you know? The biggest bet I've won at the track, well, back in the day, as A.J. Thompson, back in the day, um, on the street races, it was $5,000 US. Um, in racing on the track, um, officially, via IDRC, it was $25,000 for one, one day, or one weekend, I'd say. So that's the biggest step one. Hello, Familia AQR. Greetings, Jared M. Weir. Wow, so much love here today. Car dealer, good seeing you. Oh my God, says Ash XO, good seeing you as well. Miss Seductive Prague, good afternoon. Have you built a Datsun 510 before? Sweezy, not in house, not myself, but I've tuned a ton for customers. Um, Jose, not too far away from here, but now he works for UPS, did one. Um, we played around a little bit with some stuff with our good friend Cato House, who used to work at Mattel, now at Roborace. We've had quite a few customers with 510s, with both, uh, some with SR20 swaps. Um, there's one that was crazy enough to shoehorn in an RB engine. Uh, L-Series, quite a few. Dr. Arzuni, Dr. Ahmed Arzuni, good seeing you, sir. Hopefully you're staying safe. Hello, Sir Dr. Prague, good afternoon as well. Turbo 10, so much love here. Thank you so much, guys. 911 Page, greetings indeed. Um, Sweet I should build one. Well, the one way I can build cars is if a manufacturer is involved. So, I don't have a relationship with Nissan. So you see a lot of things that I have, like the Porsches I build, we have a relationship with Porsche and some dealerships, we have a relationship with Honda. American Honda and some dealerships. We have a relationship with Hyundai and some dealerships. So you see a lot of those marquees being built here because they help us offset a lot of the um, uh, influence costs and I would say better yet the R&D costs. And then I can build a wild and a mild, most likely a new and old school. So it makes things much easier. But without a relationship with a manufacturer, it's very difficult, you know? Who won the torque wrench? I Believe it or not, um, asked Fox Designs, it was a lady who won it. She got the answer right. The question was about um, how much horsepower and what mod did I do on my, my all-wheel drive, no, front-wheel drive inside drag car? And she got it. She said 12-wheel horsepower, pure all 5W30 was compound. That was it, you know? I may have missed this. Why is the NSX there to do a lot of parts? So you know me, I'm crazy, right? So Acura has been sending a lot of components and vehicles to us to test over the past few years, especially when in the event of the new NC1 NSX. But this is a client's car, and he wants us to go to town. He wants us to do every mod possible to it. So that's what we're gonna do, indeed. What's wrong, Ash XO? <laughs> My first car as Alex Colson. Yeah, I know you find this interesting. That may be a good question for later on, right? The first car I ever drove was a Peugeot 504. For those of you who are familiar with the Peugeots from France, that's the first car I ever drove. The first car I ever owned, believe it or not, was a Nissan 200SX, which is pretty interesting, huh? We want to see BC do a donut. Jared and Weir, the way things are going now with COVID, you may see me do a ton of donuts. Um, I'm doing some really clever things right now with the K3V. Sam is in Sam's capable hands right now. And so that being said, we'll see what we can do, you know? My pleasure indeed, socially free poo. Good seeing you as well. Pleasant codes. Good afternoon, you know? Oh, Alex's dad has a Peugeot bike. Interesting. Ha ha ha, says Ash. Mr. Seductive is showing me a donut, that's cool. Car dealer Tony Okoko. What, is that really Tony Okoko from back home? If it is, good seeing you, brother. Good seeing you indeed. So I'm here talking about upcycling and putting in new technology like that power plant right there, which is four valves per cylinder, water-cooled, sequential ignition, sequential injection, has the capability, or call them plug ignition better yet, has the capability of doing a ton of power. That is built easily to make four figures, very easily. But we'll probably hover in the 7 to 800 range and then we'll stop there. 
And since I'm an advocate of really having clean burning fuels, it will be running on ethanol. So it has a flex fuel sensor on the intake manifold that senses how much ethanol content is in the fuel, allows my ECU to adjust boost, ignition timing, and fueling based upon the content of gasoline versus petrol. I mean, petrol, actually, petrol gasoline versus ethanol. Um, but my goal is to run as much ethanol as possible because I want a cleaner burning fuel if it's an internal combustion engine. And of course, I love EVs as well. Yes, Ash, it will be a twin turbo. Absolutely. I'm going to run twin 57 millimeter turbinex GTX turbos. Yeah. Um, I heard about that, Samson. is saying, hey, BCG, you hear that Nissan's bringing back the RB? I did, but I have an inkling that that RB is going to be much more modern. It won't be the exact take on the old school one. If so, that's okay, but I would love to see an RB exist with a, instead of a cast iron block, being more of aluminum with impregnated sleeves in them, or cast iron sleeves in them, make it much lighter, which would be pretty good, you know? Do pre-75 cars, asked Williams, provide a better platform to performance in California due to smog? Um, yes, it does when you're looking at internal combustion. So prior to that, it, um, there's no need for emissions here in California. But you know, some of those cars, especially the older imported cars are now galvanized, so they're prone to rust, even though California, that's a big deal. But it's a bit of a challenge if you have a chassis that's not as resilient to the elements. But if you plan on going electric, which you're gonna see a lot more electric projects coming from here, you don't have to worry about it at all. So it could be a 2020 car that you're converting, it could be an older car, it doesn't matter. Once you go electric, it's completely emissions free and legal in California, you know? Time for some controversy, says Socially Free Poo. Lancer Evo or Impressive SCI? You know what? I am a bit partial to Mitsubishi's. I really am, to be honest with you, you know? So that being said, um, and particularly because of the relationship that we have with Hyundai and Mitsubishi and Hyundai did a lot of programs together on the engine side and it's, it's quite supported. I see a lot of STIs coming in with cracked sleeves, oiling issues, so, and then some challenges with the cam control. So, Based upon what I've just seen with customers, it may not be a pathway I would take. But hey, it, it is an opportunity, right? So as a company like ours, it's an opportunity to always find those shortcomings and address them. Like on the M96 engines that are the grandfathers or fathers of the M97, intermediate shaft bearings are something we address. De-chunking of the sleeves is something we address. Valve train with the springs brake is something we address. So after those things are addressed, the engines are quite potent. You know? So that being said, you know, it's cool. Sweezy is saying coil packs. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Mad2JZ, cool name, says, I have a Ford Sierra Macor. It has a 3.0 V6, old school, two valves per cylinder. Carburetor, how would you do to modernize? Well, first, you have quite a few limitations. Um, carburetion, by the way, that's where I hone my teeth in, is in tuning side drop Weber's and Makunis. So I'm big on that. I understand the optimization benefits. And back in the day, it was a huge advantage. But nowadays, with the modern injection, it's not a challenge. So the two valves per cylinder does limit us in terms of RPM and head flow. And as you can imagine, air flow into an engine is the key to making more power. So the more air you can get in an engine with the same or appropriate amount of fuel introduced as well, the more power you make. So that being said, take care, Mr. Dr. Farah. That being said, it is important to try and upgrade that. So I would actually look in the marquee of the modern engines with that particular make and model and infuse a petrol engine. Or if you're hardcore like me, definitely go EV. The limitations of the two valve from cylinder, the valves are very heavy, so it limits RPM capability. The flow is limited. That's why if you take the same, let's say 3.2, 3.3 displacement air-cooled versus a 3.2, 3.3 displacement water-cooled Porsche engine, the Porsche engine makes more power across the RPM band 
You have everything with hair, airflow. You have stuff with cam control. There's so many things you can do and still retain the beauty of the older car, you know, which we love, you know? What am I grateful for today, says Far Out EDC. To be honest with you, I'm grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for all of you existing here today and participating in this Tech Tuesday with me because my very first Tech Tuesday, 140 episodes ago, I had two people on here. And now I get hundreds of you interacting all around the world. So I'm very grateful for all of you. I'm also very grateful for what this country has offered me. I came here to the United States with two suitcases and nothing else. And I've done okay for myself. Even though I'm nowhere near where I want to be, it's allowed a little African boy with two suitcases to come here and do well. I love you as well, BK Menace. Thanks for the kind words, you know. Hey, BC, ever plan on going to Mitsubishi Owners Day? Kenny, I'm not even familiar with this, but you know, I have an intern who's all crazy about DSMs, so I'll ask him about that, and maybe I'll come out. You know, I, I like those engines indeed, you know? Looking at some scary cheap NI6s, what's the IMS bearing problem itself, says E92 William. Well, here's what it is. In this engine, it's still in this M97 engine. Here, I'll, I'll try and simplify this as much as possible. It is a flat six, right? So it has three cylinders on one side, three cylinders on the other side, it's very flat. And it has camshafts, twin cams on each head. So here's what happens. You have the camshafts directly cogged, right, to an intermediate shaft. And that intermediate shaft is cogged to a crankshaft. So instead of the chains going straight to the crankshaft, there's an intermediate shaft that makes things very nice and level, right in line with the camshafts. And that intermediate shaft goes to the crank. So when the crank turns, it actuates the intermediate shaft, which then turns, actuates the cams on each bank, right? That intermediate shaft obviously has to have a bearing. On one side is the oil pump, which helps with the oil pump. It has a little oil pump housing there, which stays pretty robust. On the other side is the bearing. And that bearing in the earlier models, a very small percentage of them, tend to fail. And when I say small percentage, based upon what I've seen, two, maybe 3% of all engines made, but it's also create a good business model for a lot of companies who like to scare Porsche individuals into upgrading the intermediate shaft. So when it does, you first hear this death rattle because the bearings start giving out, it start riding a little bit. And then if it goes out of line, of course you lose timing, you could drop a valve, you can contact, all kinds of things go wrong and your engine expires. So there are intermediate shaft bearing solutions where people tend to upgrade them to much better bearings and it, it goes away. And by the way, Porsche people really freak out on this. We, all of us who come, um, thank you so much for the kind words, Ashley. Appreciate that. All the individuals who have made money off of this, make, they really have a, made a good business model of scaring Porsche guys to replace it. But us from Sport Compact, we know that if we're boosting a D-series engine and the sleeve cracks, we don't throw away the engine. We just sleeve the block. If we have a K-series with a tensioner that goes bad, we just upgrade the tensioner. If we have a Prelude H22 with a hydraulic tensioner up to up par, we go mechanical. So... I come from a world where I'm used to upgrading parts that are challenged with better parts and address the issues and have fun. So when you address the intermediate shaft issue, like upgrade the bearing just for peace of mind, those engines run for hundreds of thousands of miles without a flaw. You know, now if you start boosting them, of course, I've cracked sleeves by doing anti-lag and going crazy, but you know, it's, it's good. It's good. You can, you can address. So don't be afraid. Matter of fact, if you can find an N96 with an expired engine, we can help you with parts to get it up to speed, and now you have a beautiful car with all the issues addressed, and you can enjoy it and have a good time, you know? Keep up the great work, says Robert Magnano. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. BK Mena says, is it possible to add an extra injector to the Hyundai GDI engine to help clean the valves and prevent carbon buildup? Yes, it is possible. Um, and one key way of getting, placing that at bay really is good filtration. 
even the factory stuff is some, sometimes not as great. But part of servicing after a few dozens of thousands of miles is to walnut shell it. But that's a great advantage of port injection. It keeps the valves clean. Um, as you know, BK2 Menace, when I did my own BK, I just converted from direct injection to port, and it solved a lot of problems. It solved issues with ECU challenges. It allowed me to put a standalone, which was great for fail safes. It put the challenges with carbon buildup at bay. Um, it was just a much better system altogether. It's pretty cool. That Matt! is from South Africa. Thank you so much, sir. Why a show? Yes, says Will Franco. Absolutely correct. Turboy Tennis says, do you have a podcast? Absolutely. So the podcast is pretty much what I'm recording now. I'm going to show you something. You see this right here? I'm actually recording the interaction that we all are having here live. And I place it on a few podcast networks. So I have it on Anchor, on Podbean, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. So if you go to your favorite podcast network and just type in BC Moto, I will come up. And you can listen to this as long as you want, whether you're working out or in the loo or walking with a dog or I guess you can't say going to the beach unless you live in Orange County and you insist on going to the beach. But you can do many things and have a good time. Shell, good seeing you. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining. iResident says, I just heard the Veloster Turbo and the Veloster have the same engine. No changes, just the turbo. Is that true? Not quite. Um, the standard Veloster Turbos are 1.6 liters. And then the Veloster N um, tend to have 2.0s. The non-turbo, the base, base, base 1.6 Veloster versus the Turbo Veloster N, they are different in terms of compression in strategy for fueling and the EC, indeed. In the loo, yes, of course, and a pain in the loo, indeed, you know. People at work think I'm nuts listening to the podcast on Spotify. No, don't, it's not bad at all. It's a good thing, you know. Automotive KMD, my good partner, take it easy, let's get back to work and keep doing that Automotive KMD, I see what you're doing. So Automotive KMD is a guy who helped me with the wagon part. So you know the wagon I posted this morning? That wagon is an all-wheel drive sequential boosted setup, which I stopped making power at 771, which I need to make more. I just haven't had the time. I'm too busy working on projects, and there's an R8 behind the engine and the NSX. It's good that we're busy. I'm very, I'm very pleased about that. But nonetheless, he is the reason why I have a very successful system. He has these very beautiful clutch packs that go into the rear end. He allows us to use the ubiquitous, very commonly found CRV rear differentials, and he knows how to modify them and get them very robust. And that allows us to not have to look for the hen's teeth of a wagon rear diff, which is like almost $2,000 and can handle power, but very hard to find. So meanwhile, you can find CRV and elementary rear ends everywhere. So he's doing a good thing for our industry, you know? Beautiful RXX in the background says, we're parsley. yes, that's our, one of our clients, a neighbor here. He wants us to go to town. So it should be pretty, pretty good, you know? Hey, BC, trying to make it in between jobs, getting some work too. Good job, Drewby Life. Keep it up. Stay safe and stay busy. Which is better for component design, AutoCAD or SolidWorks? Williams, based upon my experience of flexibility and usability and cost and the ability to do great, great things, I would say Fusion 360, and that's what I use. So all the design stuff I do here, um, whether I'm doing FE analysis, stress analysis, having the ability to design, draw, and even rapid prototype. Fusion 360 is what I use, and um, it's from Autodesk, and it's fairly cost-effective. And the great thing is that if I, you and I were working on a project, I can upload it to the cloud, you can, wherever you are in the world, grab it, take a look, make your changes, 
and keep a flow path on the bottom of it so we can see what changes you made and then you can send it back to me, I can make changes. It's very fluid and very intuitive and it's really good. And if you're comfortable with SolidWorks, you can do AutoCAD in a day. Like you'd be an expert, it's really good, you know? Is tuning and car building a difficult career to be successful in? Tassos, um, yes and no. So I had a discussion with one of my uh, teammates yesterday and friends. Um, Having your own business is very gratifying, but it's a lot of work. It really is. It's a lot of work, a lot of effort. A lot of people want to get into their own business because they say they want to make their own hours and, and, and improve their quality of life. But honestly, if you want to have a lot of time, work for someone else. <laughs> because when you have a business that you want to be successful, you work at it. It's like a child and you have to raise your business properly like a child and pay attention to your business like a child and make sure it's fed the right things and make sure that it's taken care of and so it can yield good for you just like a child. Hello, two wagons, one cup. I love that name, you know? So that being said, if you are interested in having a life in tuning and you don't shy away from hard work, as in myself, I'm here every day. Many times I work 12, 14 hour days every day. I don't take vacation. I don't take time off. I'm constantly hustling. Then yes, you can do it, you know? Socially Fresh Free Poo says, apologies for asking, are you an engineer by training? Yes, I am. I'm a chemical engineer, believe it or not. Um, but I took a lot of my electives in mechanical engineering. I took chemical engineering to appease my parents and also do what I love. So since childhood, I've always been, I've always had affinity for things mechanical and I love cars from, from growing from My first word as a child was car. But my parents own a cosmetics company in West Africa and wanted me to join the family business as most immigrants tend to do, right? So my goal was to come to America, learn, go back and help the family business. So my mom is this brilliant chemist and she was just shattered that I cared more about physics than I did about chemistry. So as a, um, as a, oh, you were excited there, Ash, didn't you? So as a compromise, I said, okay, I will study chemical engineering, which combines the chemical aspect that make my mom happy and also the engineering, which will make me happy. And it ended up being the best things ever. Yeah, it is very Nigerian, isn't it, Emma's, Emma Moves? You know how it is. So it was the best thing that ever happened to me because in chemical engineering, you know the things I do today? Why well, just think out of the box and I am not afraid of the unknown? Chemical engineering really prepared me for that because there was a class I took that was chemical engineering. Um, I think it was a 301 and 302. So this chemical engineering lab class, it allowed us to as a group of students to be thrown into an environment with a machine that we knew nothing about, with no instructions, and were told to find an unknown. And this unknown could be something like a, the density of a fluid or the flow in a pipe of a fluid, or it had to do with some kind of fluid dynamic attribute of an unknown compound. And then with that, we had to figure out and then present it in front of our class. So guess what? Fast forward to today, I can have a project, a vehicle, doesn't matter what it was, I'm not afraid, I want to learn and do wonderful things, you know? Ash says I'm better than Elon Musk. Thank you, Elon. Thank you, Ash. That's very kind of you. But Elon and I had very many parallels like this. Elon also went to school very young. I was in university at the age of 16. Uh, I'm from West Africa. Elon, believe it or not, is from South Africa. So he came to the United States like I did. The difference is when he graduated from school, he started his business. Um, I think it was PayX, which ended up being PayPal. And then I went and worked for a pharmaceutical company. So I didn't start a business. Um, I listened to my Nigerian parents and I had to look for a very good job. So I went to Hertz Marion Russell, which was a German-based company in pharmaceuticals. I did a pharmaceutical research thing and then sales. So while Elon was creating a business and suffering and hustling and coding, 
I was working for the man. <laughs> so that's the difference between I and Elon. And he's done wonderful things. As a matter of fact, I have him to credit for a lot of things that I'm doing recently because he's really been a very good positive influence on me. So it's good. And we're peers pretty much, which is pretty interesting as well. Matt 2 Jay-Z from South Africa. Yes, I see that. I appreciate you joining. I think you're good eight hours ahead, you know. Ro Escobar Elias Papalucho says, I'm great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. The man says, Ima moves. Thank you so much. My first car, HLR, that must be the question of the day because um, I answered that earlier on. First car I drove, Peugeot 504. First car I ever owned was a Nissan 200SX. Then, Puhare is asking, is it possible to make an EV that without overheating issues, I mean, for truck use or drifting? Love you, BC. Yes. Not only is it possible, it's been done. There are quite a few. There's a whole series, there's a whole Formula E, Formula Racing series that focuses on electric cars only. And then you can track so many different cars. Um, even the most recent, we had a Porsche Taycan Turbo here. You can track that with our farm. We had a I-Pace, you can track that with our Quam. Um, drifting, there are a few drift, I mean, there are a few drift EV cars and you see more and more of that. So yeah, it is possible. It is very, very possible, you know? Jordan LNZR from Germany, thank you for joining. Case swapped in 11, when? I don't think I'd ever do that. Um, I have a case swap in, unless a client does it, but my own personal projects, I don't think I'll do that. Um, I have a K in my wagon, I think that's a good enough upcycle. And with Porsches, I like to keep within the marquee. And even when I'm doing electrifying, I do tend to use some Porsche components as well. Um, need some bolts for my HDD kit. Bolts, so if it's my HDD, um, I tend to use factory bolts. There's no need for it. So if you're doing something else, let me know. But on the HDD BC model kit that I designed, you see the depression that exists in the flywheel, you just use regular factory bolts. Blink charging my partners, asking electric is where it's at. Absolutely. And it's before, guys, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I was anti-EV, big time. I was diehard petrolhead. I said, EVs are whack. It's for tree huggers. It's for these green freaking weird people who are like just a, 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 a combination of a hobo and a, and a, and a, and how, how should I even say it? Like people were just all about hemp and it's just weird, you know, I'm not about it. And then the Prius came, it didn't help any. And then I'm like, ah, I'll never do it. I never do EV, it has no soul. I just saw this crazy stuff. Not that I experienced it, I just heard from people. And then I noticed Hyundai started investing more in EV. Then there's Honda, their booth at, at CES was better than the SEMA one. And so I noticed a Porsche started looking to the EVing. And then as evil as it is, Honda sent me a CRZ to build that was a hybrid. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting, but okay, that was nice. Then Acura comes out with a new NSX and starts sending me the NSXs. And then my good friend, David Little, who worked at US Bank, my manager there, brought his Tesla, gave me a ride. I'm like, uh-oh, this is actually pretty fast and it's pretty cool. And then I decided to build a 935 after getting some influence from, from Ian Scott, who has an E911 with like a, he has like a neck gain motor in his. And then um, Michael Breen from EV West, nice chap did a drift with his BMW. I'm like, you know, that's it. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And then so, I was able to source a lot of parts, got a lot of support from guys from Karma, um, a lot of support from Rasan, from Ryan. Um, Michael gave me some insight as well. Um, I met a very good friend and damn near a mentor of mine. Um, he's just 
Mitch Peterson. So all these guys really were big influences on me and I decided to do it. And then now that I built it and experienced it, it has a lot of soul. I have the sound pumping in, it's very mechanical, very enjoyable, and it's a lot of fun. And it is the most fun, it's so bad. I, was just, I have a customer today who's gonna drop off his Porsche to get EV'd and we were talking about it. He drove mine, he's like, I, he, he drove a 488 at Speed Vegas and said, it is rubbish compared to my 935. And it's just, if you're a true enthusiast and you experience the EV, it's absolutely amazing, it's bananas. If you want to hear exhaust and smell fumes and all that stuff, okay, that's fine, petrol's good, you can explore. Just use a cleaner fuel like methanol or ethanol. I think ethanol may be a very good fuel to use and not damage the environment as much, but if you win that sheer torque and amazing power, the EV is sick. And then with companies like Blink providing these very rapid, very efficient charges you can put in your house, it's amazing. It's night and day, you know? HLR, the photos, I said, what do you think of the Ford Mustang Mach-E? I haven't had the opportunity to drive one myself. I think the look is pretty cool. I, I wouldn't mind exploring it. But Von Gin Jr. just released a video last week. And when I saw that video, I was like, oh my God. I called him immediately and we were going to town on text messages the day after it came out. And Vaughn was like, he, and Vaughn is also saying he's a diehard petrol head, but this EV, he built like a 1400 horsepower, 1700 horsepower EV with, um, he has seven of these beautiful motors that are like just axial in nature. They're very thin and, and stacked and just beautiful. And it makes a lot of power all-wheel drive, and he can do that. It's front-wheel drive, he can make it all-wheel drive, he can make rear-wheel drive, he can drift it, he can, he can do everything. It's so, it's so flexible in terms of what it can do. It's great. So I, I, I like where the performance market is going. And guys, you know, I, I, I love this, you know. Um, performance EVs are the way, way to go. It really is. I, I get it if you're, the commuters look boring. Some people say the Teslas are boring, and... And the, the uh, Hyundai uh, uh, Kona's boring EV, and maybe the Jaguar I Pace looks a little boring, but you can bet your bottom dollar that I'll keep churning out very exciting performance EVs where you can have this car that looks like a sleeper and it just smokes people because it's EV. And I want to do more than that, you know? Brian Pinal saying, I told him my car, I'm so sorry, I hope you're okay, but what car should he buy that's under 15K? Let me know what your mindset is. You want something that you can carve? You want something just a commuter? You want something that's a lot of fun? You want something prestigious? Let me know, and I'll point you in the right direction, you know? Ultimate performance of EV lies in the immediate drivability adjustment. Um, I can agree with you, me, agree with you um, partially. There is tuning opportunities with EVs, and you have the capability of initiating launch control, touch control, playing around with the different modes to initiate power. You can make the power curve mimic that of a petrol engine. Um, you can play around with things with the BMS to keep things safe in terms of sag or charging or discharging or state of charge. There's so many cool things you can do. What do you think about the look of the Polestar 1? It looks okay. I mean, it's something my dad would probably like more. It looks cool. Um, I like more aggressive vehicles. I really do, you know. What do you think of the K24 engine for our motor? I think it's a very, very potent power plant. So, especially the old K24As from the TSX, those lend themselves very well to natural aspirated performance. The newer K24Z, what is Z3 or Z7, flows more in the intake, so that's great potential, but the exhaust is very restricting because it has that single outport to help with emissions and lighting off the catalyst. So those will lend themselves much better to turbocharging. Do you tune CVTs? Um, not on my dyno. My dyno doesn't have the capability of absorbing 
variable gear ratios. It has to have a fixed gear ratio throughout the sweep. But what I do have are canned flashes for a lot of CVTs. So if you just want a cool canned flash where it can flash and make more power, that's great. But if you need a custom tune on the dynamometer, my dyno doesn't have the capability of doing that, unfortunately. Yeah. Does that great Porsche from your feed have an Instagram page? Um, no, it does not. It's our own. Um, but uh, no, it doesn't have a dedicated Instagram page at all. My pleasure indeed, OEM Works. What do you think about the new AMG GT? Black awesome. That car is pretty cool, but I wish it was EV. <laughs> I'm just on an EV kick, right? Dollar Bill Fadil says, you're a legend. Thank you so much for the kind words. I appreciate that. I'm just a guy who loves cars. And I'm doing this with all of you because I needed this. Guys, you have no idea. When I came to America, I wanted to learn about cars. I got a CRX that I wanted to play around with. I went to different shops and wanted to learn, and no one wanted to help me. Only one person, John Conciari from AEM, took me under his wing as a mechanical engineer and showed me the ropes. And he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's been a great positive influence on me. And I'm trying to do the same thing. And I encourage all of you to do the same as well. Be that person you needed when you were younger. Be that person you needed when you were younger. So I'm trying to be who I needed when I came to America. So I'm here to answer any technical question. And not to talk over your heads. Any engineer, it's easy for me to chop it up my engineers and talk shop, talk technology. But I want to break down technology so that the masses can understand, so all of you can understand and appreciate it. It doesn't have to be very challenging to understand. I don't have to use big words and big vernacular to be able to explain things to look intelligent. I'm here to help break down technology so we all can appreciate it. Mr. Polo says, NA over EV. That is a tough pill to swallow. And I may just, just to do a point, just to prove something, I may do something. Okay, you know my insight, my natural aspirated insight that broke a ton of records? I'm really thinking about putting it back together it made 430 wheel horsepower, right? Running it, seeing what it does. I mean, we've seen it, but many of you haven't seen it because I used to run it before Instagram even existed. Then take the petrol engine out, put the EV motor in it, and go run again and see what happens. Let me know what you think, if that's something I should do. And if so, that'd be a good social experiment, wouldn't it be? It would be a good social experiment to see my, my Honda Insight with all this beautiful aerodynamics, wheelie bar, front wheel drive and everything, all motor running, then put an EV in it and see what goes faster. And that will tell us for sure if it's really all motor over EV. How's that sound? It's gonna put some people off, says E92. Maybe it would. It probably would indeed, you know? Hello, Honda Club 5500 RPM CMT. Good seeing you indeed. Hopefully you're doing well. Exactly, says Strikanjo. Had a lot of folks not want to point you in the right direction. Thank you for breaking it down and educating us. You rock pieces. Thank you for everything. My pleasure indeed. I am really here to help. I'm really here to help, you know? Um, do I have a 240SX? No Nissans. I don't have any Nissans at all because I don't have a relationship with Nissan, you know? Denzel watching too. Love Hondas and you job. Salam from Russia. Thank you for joining us all the way in Russia. Appreciate that. Any recommendations for a first car for someone who's looking to learn to start tinkering? Yes, there's one good car that's great. And you may be surprised by this because it's fairly cost effective and has a lot of aftermarket support. You ready? The Acura RSX, the Acura RSX, which is amazing. So, it is a very cost-effective Type S. You can find those for grand. It has a K-series motor, it's a K20. Um, the K20 engine has a lot of aftermarket support, whether you want standalone or flashing, whatever you want. And the engine has a lot of potential, whether you're natural aspirated, boosted, there's supercharger kits, supercharger kits, it's a good one. It's a, if I started today, that would be the car I'll start with. Now, my good friend Kovolt had a good question. 
Did you see Damien McGuire has a working con inverter control board for the Model 3 performance rear drive unit, 400 wheel horsepower? I didn't know that for both. Um, Damien McGuire is from EV BMW. I've been watching some of his stuff. Um, kind of crude. The one thing about Damien is I don't see much support from him. So if people have challenges, so if you want to go down his path, um, you definitely have to be able to kind of figure things out yourself, which is great for me, but for the masses, it's a bit of a challenge. And for you, Covode, it'd be easy because we're both engineers, right? So it may be okay, but um, I have purchased, I think I purchased a motor recently, um, uh, a base drive unit that uh, has a burnt out inverter because uh, they use the uh, EV BMW controller for it and burnt out the inverter. So, Covote, um, if you know a way that I can get that repaired, let me know. Because um, I don't tend to frequent those boards to see what's going on, you know? JDM concurs with the, with the RSX. I'm telling you, it's really good, right? Sandman, can we take an infinity? Great system indeed, you know, by all means, you know? Dietrich from South Africa, greetings indeed, brother. Why do EVs have low top speed? Is it due to no gears? Low top speed? Oh, I, mean, I think you mean um, the maximum speed. Um, gearing has a very big role in that. Um, but check this out. I mean, the highest I got my Petro 930, you know, the blue one, this one, the highest speed I got that was 135. Um, so on my 935, mechanically, the highest speed I can go is 165. And if I want to go higher than that, I either change my final drive and or my tire size. So it can be done, but it's a matter of gearing. And it's just a, a compromise, like anything in engineering, right? Um, is the compromise in that off-the-line torque, because if you reduce the numerical ratio to get that top speed, your out-the-hole torque becomes lower. Now, you could solve that with a gearbox if you're so inclined, but that gearbox better be quite robust if you're going to use some of that beast motor power, eh? What do you think about a Toyota car? Which one, sir? There's so many Toyota models, you know? Do you have any Porsches? My dad has a 2017 Turbos in a special agro grade. Do I have any Porsches? Yeah, we have quite a few, sir. A lot of, this place is full of Porsches, but yes, we do. Thanks for asking, you know? I'm gonna have to fly, says HLR. Good seeing you, sir. Have a great balance of the day and a wonderful week indeed. Any swap ideas for my 71 BMW 2002? I have, I'm a, you need to run away from me. I'm a dangerous man. I have, I have ideas for a, oh my God. If you want to do a petrol engine, I've had a lot of M20s come here that put down some sick power, so that may be a good cost-effective option. Or you need to EV that thing and be blown away. I'll lead towards the EV one. That's pretty cool, you know? What are the specs on the wheels on 935? That's Brian Goldsmith. Okay, let's see here. We can do this from memory. Front wheels are a 17 by 10. Rear wheels, courtesy of our good friend from Brixton Forge, is a very nice 19 by 12. So I have... 17 by 10 to front, 19 by 12 in the rear. Just like the 0935s that had a 16 and 18 front and rear respectively, I just took it one step up. And if you look closely, you're like, hey, that looks kind of good, but that's what the 0935s did. So I want to modernize the 935 look without bastardizing it, if that makes sense, you know? Corvosa and EV2002 would be pretty sick, especially if you focus on keeping it real life. Amen, that would be so much fun, wouldn't it? Imagine, imagine Corvosa, imagine a small drive unit, right? Let's say like the Model 3 one, or better yet, because the Model 3 drive units are still a pretty penny now, because they're fairly, some of the cars are barely getting crashed, but right here, I have some drive units that are from like the um, Model X small drive unit, let's say that in the rear. 
Um, that would make a good, wow, almost 400 horsepower, right? 380 thereabout. That would be a lot of fun in that thing. Use some nice LG Chem batteries. That'd be nice. It'd be nice indeed. Land Cruiser, you asked me that before. I asked you which model. Toyota in general, I like because they really have downpacked the massive production of, how should I say, mass production of vehicles. They have a very good system in being able to mass produce very efficiently and very well. I like the quality of the cars. Um, I participated in quite a few demos about what they have in their future for autonomous driving, which is pretty forward thinking. I'm going to go to CES, so I like the brand indeed. Heads up, says Kovod. Orion BMS is coming out with CCS Change Capable Module at the end of this year, beginning of next. Max charge rate still isn't known, though. I know. Um, Andrew Eward and I, the owner of Eward Energy, we chat, chat pretty much every week. So, yeah, it's going to be good. If I get a beta one here, I'll definitely keep you aware of what's going on. I'll definitely. Because CCS has become more popular. And now that, and you may know this, Kovod, now that Nissan is going to now infuse the future Leafs and their year, uh, Raya. Right? The other new vehicles they have coming out with CCS. Chatamo is going to be, I think I get Chatamo maybe five, maybe ten years, and then you won't see much of it anymore. Max Cole says, hello, I love your work. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that indeed. Thank you so much. What do you experience with Ram Air intakes or NA engines, especially at highway speeds? Tons. I'll tell you how crazy I am in A2M about Ram Air. On all of my natural aspirated setups, I build these air boxes and actually put pressure sensors in them. And I monitor the pressure sensors indeed. And would you believe that I have had the opportunity, and I'm not even supposed to share this, but I am. Within a quarter mile at full throttle, I can build almost a pound of boost. You know? Kovot says it sucks because Chatamo is super easy, you're right. And it uses candy, you know, the, the CCS uses a different protocol to communicate. So it's, it's, much, it's much more challenging. There's a lot of communication going from the vehicle to the station, the vehicle to the station. But via CAN, CCS is so easy. But you know what? I welcome the challenge, and you know, I guess a lot of manufacturers complain about having multiple ports on a car. As I build pretty cool Porsches and, and 935s, guess what? I love having, even the old school 935s had multiple entry levels for fuel and liquid and all this other, and water. So it, I can put, even right now I'm putting a Chattermo in my, in my 935 and I'm putting another hole in the hood. It looks still the part of a proper 935, but I get it. If you're trying to save costs and not trying to put many apertures on a car, CCS would be the easier way to go because you can have the J1772 on the top and the two ports on the bottom for the direct DC charging, which is pretty cool. How can you get good car sounds from an EV? Well, what I did was I just pumped a natural sound into my compartment. So where I sit in my own electric vehicle versus the engine compartment is just no barring whatsoever. It's just a free-flowing free aperture, so I hear the mechanical noise. I even have an attenuation device, so if it gets too much for the occupant, they can attenuate it. And I may make that a little bit more remotely controlled. That'd be pretty cool, right? Now, what manufacturers have done, what I've noticed with both Porsche and Jaguar, with the cars we tested in the past two weeks, is that they're starting to put artificial sound. So Jaguar uses more of a, it's kind of weird, I kind of don't like it. They use more artificial petrol sound, a petrol or internal combustion engine sound. It has a whoop. So what you could do is, I hate to say chatimo, 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 like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Anyway, um, if you go on my YouTube channel and you take a look at the, you know, if you haven't subscribed, please do. It's a pretty cool channel. You go there and take a look. You'll notice that the Jaguar, you can hear it. sounds like a, like a gasoline engine in there when you floor it. And you can turn it off. On the Porsche Taycan, however, it's more like an amplification of the natural sound. So it has this 
amplification, but a little more Jetson-y. They add a little more, like a little Jetson sound to it, which is pretty interesting, you know? Thoughts on tuning capabilities on Audi B9 2.0 all-wheel drive A4? It's somewhat limited. Um, there are opportunities there with flashing compounds, but with the things I like to do with full standalones, it's, it's, it's not a platform that's very ubiquitous to modify. Flo Topper from Germany, good seeing you indeed. How are you? <coughs> Excuse me. Do you have an, that air ramp set up posted anywhere? No, it's what I just shared with you, E92 William, is pretty much one of my secrets, one of my NA secrets. It's me doing that. And the data I have is um, I have tons of dead logs on my laptop, so what I monitored it. And it was so bad that I had to build. That's how good the RAM system was. Um, we did some modeling with KN Engineering, so we did some modeling where we can have a good RAM effect with minimal drag. Naturally, when I built my first airbox, I had it in a very low moving boundary layer close to the hood. And it was a slow moving air, so I wasn't getting a good RAM effect. But if you look at some of the pictures on my inside, there's a video I put up last week. You'll see my intake scoop is really high. So it's now away from the low moving boundary layer and now in a layer of air that has a lot of force. But the shape of the enclosure has very low drag. So I have the best of both worlds. It was so bad what the RAM air did. When I had an open loop, I was running lean at top speed. I had to build in a boost protocol for my NA engine. I, yes, I had to build in a boost per pound or fuel per pound of air protocol so that I wouldn't lean out. So what I noticed is if you look at my, my logs, when I launched the car, my fuel ratios are beautiful in low RPMs and you know low speeds. And once I got past the eighth mile mark, my, my air force started getting leaner and leaner. And at the end of the track, it's almost dangerously lean. So when I put that, that fuel, that boosts, Per fuel protocol, it, it just cleans up very nicely, you know? Isaac 2 dw 4s asking, hey, BC, any ideas for engine swaps for a Lotus is each? If you want to say petrol, definitely a K24Z7 boost is a way to go. And if you want to go EV, definitely you can do a Tesla motor swap. That'd be a very good one to go to as well. Brazil's in the house, courtesy of Felipe Becker. Good seeing you. Datsun Fee was asking, is H-Series Trans Boton F24 and what clutch and flywheel is needed? Well, H-Trans, directly Boton F20A. The clutch and flywheel are both interchangeable. And if you need help, I can help you with some action clutches. That's my go-to clutch and flywheel assembly. Hmm? Nigel's in the building, courtesy of Jay Bande. Jay Obande, good seeing you indeed. What engine is that over my shoulder? Asked Texas Holyfield. Let's take a look. It is the M97 3.4 liter engine. That is very commonplace in the Porsche 911, 997, and also, they came in S. It's fully built, 9.5 to 1 Tron pistons, Golden Eagle sleeve block. Um, I have uh, a very nice upgrade in terms of the intermediate shaft bearing. I have um, BC motor rods in it, BC motor valve train. I have uh, some WPC coated factory bearings. I WPC coated the crank. It's a pretty cool setup in there. Pretty cool. Can, I built to handle easily a thousand horses, but I'll probably stop between seven and eight, keep it there. Uh, we run an uh, ethanol fuel, and it has 2200cc injectors, you know? You're still in the AW11 MR2? Yes, it's, you see that door right there, that aperture right there? You can't see it on YouTube, forgive me. But the aperture door right there, it is right there, and um, I just have so many projects. Believe it or not, my customers come first, so that R8 needs to be worked on tomorrow, and the sections are going to lift very soon. And I have another guy who's dropping off a Porsche to get EV'd. We have so much going on. And then the Caterham is right there. I'm last. Customers first, you know? Ah, oh, Nigel's in the house. I see my brother's in the house. Nah, learn Igbo. Anna me, Anna me fula. Anna, aham ne fula. 
Okay, greetings. This weekend, no, Dalo. Um, I have a mommy here in the Kunazo, but um, thank you for joining nonetheless. I appreciate that, you know. What compression do you, Rachel, do you like to run on NA or all motor setups? Put it, put it this way I'll give you my own experience, completely transparent here, right? My D16, D15 engines that were record breaking, 18.4 to 1 static. On my current F22A, 17 to 1. So I'm a big advocate of taking advantage of high compression till we get to that point of diminishing returns and the tuning window gets too narrow, and that's it. Looking forward to getting your hands on the new Velocity N DCT? Absolutely, Kegger of the N. You see that little Velocity N right there with a little cargo box? Yes, yes, yes. Big Fran from Nigeria, what you got into cars? What got you, what got you into cars, says Jayo Bande. I've loved cars since childhood. My first word was car. I've always loved cars and studied engineering and had some influence by the people I used to work with at a Circuit City, which is a local electronic store, no longer in business now. And started racing, started the street, went to the track, got picked up by American Honda, and the rest is history, you know? Street Kanja said, we just got Trom pistons, rods, upgraded wrist pins, and coated pistons. Great. I mean, tell you, Trom is, that's the way I use Trom in my Porsches, and my Hondas, in my Hyundais. I love those guys, you know? My 2JZ blue cams from a single turbo two times. What should I replace to hold extra pressure from turbo? It depends. Is it a tuning challenge? Is it a parts component challenge? That could be a Tech Tuesday in itself. And unfortunately, we're out of time. So... Fuzzy, join me next week. Let's talk about your project. Educate me on what you did and maybe it can point you in the right direction. But nonetheless, guys, even though we um, look very happy here and things are great, I need you all to stay safe because I need you out there doing great things. Please protect yourself. This COVID is out of control. I lost a good friend um, last week who was my best friend as a child growing up. It's, it's no joke, guys. It's real. I'm losing people I know. Kelechi and I were born the same day, minutes from each other. And he's now dead. Just like that, last week, Monday. So, may his soul rest in peace. Please be safe, everyone. Take care of yourselves. I look forward to seeing you next week on the 142nd episode. I know, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate that. But stay safe, enjoy yourself, and I will see you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.